What's up, Playboys? We are back with another edition of the CMB Sports Show. I'm your host, Braylon Brakefield. Here with me is my co-host, Cole Lepchitz. And Cole, you've got some beef with the AP voters? Dude, I got major beef. I have major beef. Um, you know, good weekend overall. Football has been great. I mean, it was great games to watch if you're just a viewer, you know. Um, but I do have major beef. Um, as a football fan, I feel like the a- AP voters are doing us disjustice. Uh, they're all kind of flicking us the middle finger by putting Georgia at number one. Um, I don't have a problem with Alabama dropping. We struggle with A&M. You're only as good as your backup. That's proven, okay? That's proven. We've proven that. Texas proves that. Everybody proves that everybody has to play their backup from now and now, like from now and again. And uh, Georgia struggles with Auburn for three quarters, has to go hurry up no huddle to run it up, like run up the score, and they get put up at number one. You know, just drop both of them back. Alabama and Georgia has struggled all year. They have not dominated anybody. Georgia dominated Oregon, okay? And then some nobodies, struggles with Kent State. Struggles with Missouri, struggles with Auburn for three quarters. Then they get put back at number one. Just drop both of them back. <clears throat> put Ohio State, Clemson, and Michigan, who have, or at least Michigan, they haven't struggled with anybody. They haven't really played anybody either, but that's not their fault, really. So, I mean, put them up there. I don't, like, I don't, I just don't get it. Why throw Georgia up after just continuing what they're doing with lesser opponents? Yeah, so my thought process on it is, I don't know why Georgia ever came out of the first place spot. And I don't even think this is even a conversation if they never dropped down. You know, they struggled with Missouri, and they struggled with Kent State, but like struggling with Kent State is pretty bad. But struggling with Missouri, to me, it's like it's a, I know they're a bad team, but it's a conference opponent. Like that happens, you play the same team every year. Eventually, they don't catch on to what you like to do. I'm with you on that. So I don't like to really punish people for losing those games like Clemson struggled with Wake Forest too I'm with like, you on that that went to overtime with them so my that's part of it and other than that like everyone struggled so far like Alabama struggled with Texas and now Texas A&M Ohio State really hasn't looked like dominant so far you know like you said Michigan but Michigan hasn't beat anybody yeah um Clemson Tennessee USC have all looked pretty vulnerable so to me it's like who do you put at the one spot so in my eyes yeah like georgia should have never came out of the number one spot you know what i'm saying i just think i agree i agree with you but if you're gonna drop anybody like at least show me that you're watching the games because i don't think at this point that they're watching the games like you can't sit there and tell me that georgia like you moved georgia last week okay it's done then you come back and you watch Georgia play Auburn, and they struggle. And I, I took some notes. First quarter against with Auburn, okay. They Auburn goes for it on fourth down. They get it on their own 32. They score first half, first touchdown of the game. Then Robbie Ashford fumbles. Um, they take it back to the 36. 14 nothing first half. That's all they that's the only way they could score in the first half against Auburn. This is a team that wants to like rinse and repeat like or rinse their full program 
and rebuild and that's your best shot at home against this against this team like you can't sit here and tell me as a college football fan that like oh yeah that's number one team in the nation i mean ohio state's just run ruling everybody but yeah georgia's better than them you can't you can't sit here and just tell me that like i'm fine with alabama moving back they didn't look good they don't they don't look good without bryce is bryce is a question mark that's fine i'm cool with that like just put ohio state at one I, i just don't get it it's just a weird I don't know. It's just it's probably something to talk about. They do it on purpose. I, I'm I'm sure. I don't know, but it's just weird. Like, why not just keep them at two or something? Like, move Alabama all the way back to three. That's fine. Put Ohio State at one. I think right now they look more deserving than Georgia. Personally, they've taken care of what's on their plate better than Georgia has. That's my only argument. That's my that's my beef. Um, I'm glad Tennessee gets some recognition for dominating LSU at home. That's pretty cool. Uh, JMU, James Madison gets top 25. That's really the best cool. Best team in Virginia. Yeah, no doubt about it. They they run rule Old Dominion, who is the king of Virginia right now. Um, they would. I don't think they play, but they would. So, but yeah, I the, I just have beef with the top three, and it's really interchangeable. I think. The, all three of those teams play like some kind of seven game series. It's all probably pretty even, you know. Honestly, I think they're all pretty equal. Yeah, the like if you look at their schedules, Georgia beat Oregon and you know South Carolina at South Carolina. They go to Missouri, which is the main game. You know, I give you Kent State. That's just kind of crap happens. Sometimes you just don't show up, right? And then. You know, Missouri, it's a conference, interconference play at their place. You still squeak one by. Night game. Ohio that's State. Fine. Ohio State beat Notre Dame, and really that's it. You know, they went to Michigan State, but we've talked about Michigan State, just how bad they are. It's not great. Other than that, they beat Wisconsin, who fired their first coach since 1997 yep. or 1995 in, in all sports. Do you know who the last coach they fired was? Who? Stan Van Gundy. What? Before they just, Dwight Howard. Do they just the let the like contracts run out and they just don't re-sign them? Pretty much. Dude, that's and efficient. They, they, had, uh, they had one coach, I think he got into some trouble, and he stepped down so they didn't have to fire him. Okay. Um, but, I mean, you know, that's really it. They beat Toledo. They beat Arkansas State. Notre Dame, who we've talked about, good point. isn't any good. Good point. So, it. To me, I was shocked when Georgia came out of the number one spot. I'm, I'm with you there, but like, it's just after that. Like, I, I mean, I get they, you know, essentially they fixed their wrongdoing. But if you're gonna set the precedent, I mean, this is like, I don't know. I and I, I, I keep trying to remind myself this isn't the college football playoff voters. This is some nerds that are just writing on a typewriter, you know. So. I need to remind myself of that. I, I work it up too much. It's it, it's really it's truly meaningless. It's just for views as well. So I, I, yeah, I I'm falling into conversation. the conversation. I'm falling into the system. That's all it is. You are. You falling are the in. prime target I'm the, for what I'm target market. I'm target market. Because you look like honestly. Well, I mean, I think the Oregon win's a good win for Georgia. Yeah, like, it, it's Oregon's looking it's looking a little bit ten times better now. 
And really, the big win for Alabama, I would say, is Arkansas last week. I think I think Texas is probably a big win. I know it was the you know Ewers went out, um, but the the stupid nerd voters will count that as like the bigger win, I guess. But I would say Arkansas is the better win because our back our backup had to come in and win it. You know. Yeah. So I think as a team win, the Arkansas win's bigger, but the voters would see the Texas win as the bigger win. But if we come in and we're so we opened up as an eight point favorite against Tennessee this week. If we come in and we cover that, that's the biggest win of the year at Tennessee. That that that's like our statement win. Like we're here. You're like we're ready to see Georgia in the SEC championship. Like what's up? But I just dude. I I mean. A lot of people on Twitter are really nervous about it. I'm nervous about it. Um, I think it's a good matchup for us uh, defensively with their offense. Like we're we're kind of built for the speed game, and I mean the, the that's what has killed us in the past. So like we know that like we're gonna be able we're gonna be able to kind of get ready for that. Like same thing with playing Ole Miss offenses; they move really fast. So. I think we'll be ready defensively. It's just offensively we have to take care of business, keep people out of Bryce's face if he plays. And if Jalen Milrow plays, we I mean, we just have to – I don't even know what we got to do. We just got to do something. We got to just try for first downs, keep them off the field. I mean, that's really got what it's got to be, run the clock off, play old school football, really. Just smash them in the mouth, say we're bigger than you. That's the only way if Milrow plays. That's the only way. Um. Yeah. The, if, if Bryce uh, plays, it 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 should play out like normal. But if Milrow plays, it's just got to be old fashioned. So looking at the AP poll, looking at the top three, all three teams are getting first place votes, and it's a point system. There are twenty points between Alabama and Ohio State, and then thirty points between Ohio State and Georgia. There are. 150 points between Clemson and Alabama. So these Jeez. these three teams, they, you know, there's 50 points between them. So a big win by Alabama and, you know, a close win by Georgia next week, you could see those two flip. True. Like, I think these three could just rotate in and out of the top three spots until the playoff poll comes out, which at the end of the day is all that matters. Anyways. That's true. That's a good point. And, I I mean, personally, if we're if – we're, the AP – Poll is for here, you know. It's for it's here for us to talk about. So I mean, if if there's something to talk about, I, personally, I think that Oklahoma State gives a really good game to Michigan. I don't know. I don't know if they beat Clemson. I think Clemson kind of has some gas in the tank that we really haven't seen yet. Like once they figure it out late in the season, but like Michigan and Tennessee, I mean USC and Tennessee could give Michigan and Clemson a game anywhere, any day. Is what I I think personally. I think they have that gas in the tank that like would shock them. Like they could out they could score with Michigan and Clemson on any day, any field. I think the only thing that Clemson has that keeps them at the four spot, if we were to make like a playoff bracket here, is their like defense and defensive front more specifically because it's kind of like an SEC defensive front is how I would describe it. I mean they just got big nasty dudes that that come for the quarterback. So, I mean, that's one thing that I would look out for Tennessee. I don't think USC would be able to handle that. But, I, I mean, I really think, like, if you put Tennessee at four right now, 
I wouldn't have a problem with it. I mean, they they have just dominated whatever is is at like in front of them, really. I mean, and and Clemson, Clemson's good, but they just have so many question marks. You know, like how good is NC State? That's probably their biggest win at home at night. Like, it's it's just tough. And Tennessee's kind of taking care of business, so it's a big it's a big week for Tennessee and Alabama. I mean, kind of to see where they stand. Yeah, big week for USC this week too. Uh, going to Utah. Yeah, this is kind of the game I've had circled all year. Honestly, just waiting on. I don't care what the spread is. I'm taking Utah. Yeah. Well, for me, I'm like doubling down on Utah now after the loss. Doubling down. I don't care. Like you, UCLA is like that. You know, kind of team we missed, but. This is the game that Utah had circled, and they're coming off a loss. I mean, it, it's like screaming, you know, take USC. But, you know, obviously we're not casuals, so we know what's up. Yeah. Well, I've been looking at that one. Like, after probably the second or third week, right? I saw USC, and it's like, all right, they're going to blow out teams they're more talented as. But when they get a team that's experienced and is kind of, like, tougher in the trenches, they're going to be – it's going to be hard for them. Yeah. Like, right now they've kind of – casually just walk through because they have Caleb Williams and uh, Jordan Addison, and it's just like, hey, we have the two best players on the field, and there's nothing you can do about it. Yep. To where that may not be the case in this Utah game. No, I'm, I'm with you. you that's going to be a great game to watch. I don't know what time that game is. I don't know if they have announced it or not. I don't but think. No, they haven't. I'll be tuning in because that's going to be a great one. Yeah, all that's been announced so far, I think, is Tennessee, Alabama. It's a 230 slot. Yep. Oh, no, that it is. It's a 7 o'clock on Fox. Perfect. That's so excellent. Prime time. That's great. Follow-up, uh, Tennessee and Alabama with USC-Utah. This is going to be a good week. Well, if Alabama wins, I, I might tune in. Or No, I will tune in. But if Alabama loses, you can catch me in the shower with all my clothes on. Like, it's just going to be – which – I think this is how the the it works in the SEC. I think it's based on your divisional wins, right, for the SEC championship to make it to the SEC championship. Like you, so if there was a game for Alabama to lose, this would be the one. And you're still undefeated in the West. I, I'm pretty sure that's how. Or it is works. that a tiebreaker? I I'm, I think it might be tiebreaker. If it's the tiebreaker, I still think it's fine. I still think everybody loses. Yeah, because this is the one you lose, you would have to beat somebody else in your division. Right. So everybody on your side would have at least one loss. Right. And then that would ultimately give you the top. So if there's one to lose, this is the one. So it's not, you know, say we lose this game, there's still a chance we make the playoff and all that kind of stuff. If we take care of business, and I mean, we still have to beat Georgia for that to happen. I mean, it just makes it a little bit tougher. We can't just lose the SEC championship and make it, which would still be in question if, you know, with this year, with how kind of even everything is for that four spot. So, but still, I mean, I I, I want to win this game just because this is our sec, probably our second or third biggest rival. Like, I hate Tennessee. Personally, I hate Tennessee fans. So I, I have we have a pumpkin that's like a little furry pumpkin. I threw him in I threw him in like the closet. Like I just can't see orange this week. It's just not it's just deep. It just runs deep, man. I don't know what it is. I just can't stand them. Uh I mean I know what it is. They're all dirt bags. So um yeah, so I mean I'm gonna be cool till till three thirty Eastern time and then I'm just gonna be like 
if you're wearing orange, man, like it's game on. Like I'm punching you in the face. Like, don't don't be around me. <laughs> Trying to find these. See if there's any lines that kind of stick out. Um, today we saw just how bad it is in the NFL when you're on your third string quarterback that nobody's heard of. Yep. With uh, the Jets. Hey, the Jets are a, a pretty good team. Yeah, I mean, they're just thumping the Dolphins. Yeah, forty to what? Forty to fourteen or thirteen? Something, something weird. Yeah, I think it, I think it might have been nineteen. Forty to nineteen. That I mean, I didn't watch any of it. But it's terrible. But and it kind of shows you like the flip side with the Patriots. They uh, have their they're on their third string and they blow out. Um, The no. The Lions they blew up the Lions twenty nine to nothing, with Bailey Zapp, who is a because he's know, the dude. He he's you know I I want to call him a CMB guy. He he probably doesn't know that we exist. I'm gonna start adding him on Twitter until he acknowledges us. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and clip you know where we talked great about him and all that kind of stuff. So you know watch out for that on Twitter. Um, but. He's, he's our guy. I mean, he's – I will get a Bailey Zapp jersey before I die, and he's that dude. I mean, he just blew out the Lions who have hit 100% overs this year, um, and it was him solely that shut him out just because he was on the other side of the ball. They knew that they had to go for it, and they just couldn't. And, uh, yeah, so Bailey Zapp's that dude. I'm sorry, Mac. Mac, you were my boy before. It's Bailey Zapp now. We called it like draft night. I think he went in like the sixth round or something. We're like, yep. If Max slips up, Bailey Zap can spin it. He's in there. He'll be there. I mean, he's he should have been the Heisman last year. He should have been the Heisman. I'm I'm there. Like Bryce is my guy. I love Bryce. Bryce is a great college quarterback. I'm not gonna say he's gonna be anything in college because he's kind of small, kind of small guy. But I mean, in pros. But Bailey Zap's that dude. I mean, he was like setting records at Western Kentucky. Yeah. So. I mean, it's no fluke that he comes in and he just delivers as a rookie uh, for the Pats, too. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of on brand for the Pats, really. I mean, six-round guy just coming in, tearing it up. So, nice to see. Nice to see that they're back on track. Can you believe Oklahoma's favored over Kansas this week? Oklahoma favored by seven I, against Kansas. I cannot how, believe How that. are they favored over anybody at this point? That is the way-too-early lock of the week. Uh, right now is Kansas so plus seven. I see that one. Um, Texas by 14 over Iowa State. With Quinn Ewers healthy, Texas is like a top five team in the country. I, I agree firmly on that. Uh, I, I I mean, I don't see anybody in the Big 12, especially, stopping Quinn and Ewers at all. Not even close. Uh, Ole Miss and Auburn play Ole Miss is favored by 16. Too much. One thing I would take is the – I, I kind of like that, but I think I'm going to – I would end up taking under 54.5. Just because Ole Miss isn't what people think when you think Ole Miss is no. like – Defense. They're going to try to air it out. They're Yeah, they're playing great defense, and they're running the ball yep. extremely well right now. And I don't see Auburn putting up many points to, you know, contribute towards over. Yeah, I'm, I'm – I would take um, – you know, if it's you said sixteen full game, is that yes? So I mean, you know, usually it's probably half at halftime. So if it's seven or eight, 
uh, college, it's, it's a little different. Like those, those it's, that's not as much, but I'm, I mean, I'm probably going to lean Auburn there, uh, or at least an under or something. Cause Auburn in the first half has been pretty good, especially defensively. So that's something to look at probably an under in the first half. But, um, yeah, I mean, Ole Miss is definitely, like you said, like running the ball, you know, kind of beating you with defense, which is the complete opposite. I think it's more so like Jackson Dart just isn't your Matt Corral kind of guy yet. I mean, he might get there one day, but he's just not that dude yet. I mean, that's just kind of all it is. And they have two great running backs. So Lane Kiffin's a a top-tier, like one-of-one kind of coach. He knows what kind of team he has immediately, so he's going to play that way. And that's what he's done. Uh, So that's definitely would be a good play to take. Um, One thing I do want to call out, trends are sus. That's going to be my my statement to you for the episode. Trends are sus. Uh, And I say this to you because I did my research. I did my Braylon Brakefield. I'm going to read into the dirt kind of kind of research here. And I found teams that were 100% unders five games in or five weeks in. And I found Georgia, Michigan, and uh, hold on. I'm slipping. Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech was, they were all 100% unders every week. So I put them all in a parlay. Why not? It's guaranteed money. 100%. The one team, the one team that messes it up is, well, I mean, it's not, it's one guy. It's Kirby Smart. Kirby Smart just continues to run, throwing the ball in the fourth quarter when it's unnecessary. The game's out of hand. Uh, he, he just completely blows it, takes, goes over 50 with, fi- it's 55. I mean, it's just, so trends are sus. That's all you need to hear. Uh, Michigan and Georgia Tech go under on brand so uh just watch out for you know just kind of pay attention uh don't get caught lacking like me don't be a cole well we're in a you know i feel like trends you can really take advantage of like the first probably three or four weeks and then eventually those trends start to level out yep. so now you'll see like right now the main trend that's going is primetime nfl unders yep at some point it's going to flip. Either they'll drop those lines or offense will start to click and those overs will hit. And you'll look by the end of the year, it'll be like 50 50 over under on primetime games. That's exactly right. That's just like but the line, I've, the Lions also with the, with the, sorry, with the trends or sus, Lions 100% overs. They don't score a point. They, the under hits. There you go. Yep. The, uh, 11 o'clock game to watch. So this is actually a pretty good slate this weekend because you got a, at 11 o'clock too. You have Mich- number five Michigan versus number ten Penn State. Oh yeah, I think it's I think it's at Penn State maybe. I think so. And uh, Michigan's favored by seven. Over under is 51. Under. I mean, I think that's two two solid teams. They're not going to make many mistakes. You're not going to get very many college football plays. Uh, so I think 50, under 51 would probably be the play there just because it could be like whoever makes the least amount of mistakes wins or whoever doesn't make a mistake probably wins. I think this is one of those classic Big Ten games where they're both going to tiptoe around each other in the first half scared to make that big mistake. And they're going to run the ball at each other and kind of fill each other out. And that's, 
That's a great point. I think under both the first half and full game is going to be spot on because I, I don't think Clifford is is that dude to just spin it around the field uh, like in a big game like this. The Alabama-Tennessee, Alabama's favored by seven. Over-under is 65.5. So pretty high. You know, I think if Bryce plays, then you take the over. If Bryce isn't going to play, I think you just kind of leave it alone. Maybe yep. even take Tennessee plus seven. Yeah. Like a home. They're at home. You know you can sc- that they can score with you. It's just if if their defense can give them a chance. It's, it comes down. It really comes down to can Alabama keep them off the field. I think Alabama's defense is good, but if you're – if you're having turnovers, if you have two or more turnovers, it's not enough rest for your defense. And on the road, I know we kind of proved it wrong, kind of, with the Arkansas game. But, I mean, Al- hit, I mean, within the last 10 games, Alabama's not been great on the road still. I don't care what happened in the uh, Arkansas game. So, it's one to look. It's one to watch. Like, keep up with what Bryce is doing on practice. Like, keep up with what Nick Saban says in his press conferences because you're going to be able to tell. You're, you can read him like a book. Everybody knew that Milroe was going to play, even though Bryce was announced as a starter in stadium before the game. You are a dummy if you thought Bryce was starting that game. Um, I mean, it is what it is. Like, just pay attention. And if Bryce doesn't play, like, if you get any kind of feeling that Bryce isn't going to play – Hammer the under, because that's what it's going to be, I, I would say. I don't think Tennessee is good enough to score 40 points on or 30-something points on Alabama unless it's a shootout at the end of the game with Bryce in the game. That's the only way it's the over. Um, I don't, you know, because if because they're going to have control of the game and they're not, I mean, Alabama's going to try to be, you know, that they're going to kind of flex, you know what I mean, on defense. It's just it's kind of like like the A&M game. Like you saw the Alabama defense kind of taking control at the line of scrimmage, but they just – there were so many turnovers that they just kind of, you know, got worn down, I guess, by the end of the game. So it was just tough to get stops. I mean, that's just how it goes, and especially in the SEC play. That's what makes it tough. And on the road um, – it's just going to be a tough environment if if we have if we have Jalen Milrow. If Bryce is if Bryce is playing, I would take whatever Vegas is telling you to take. Speaking of Arkansas, Arkansas goes to by to BYU this week. BYU is favored by three. This is a perfect bounce back spot for BYU. I don't think Arkansas is as good as what we thought they were going to be, no. and BYU at home is tough to beat. Arkansas is banged up too. KJ Jefferson's banged up. Secondary's banged up. Perfect spot for BYU to make a bounce back. Uh, I hate to kind of go back on myself too. From the beginning of the year, you know, I thought Arkansas was going to win this game, but the way things have played out, Arkansas is not the same team that they started with. So yeah, BYU. I, I would say BYU by by a touchdown. Yeah, that's what I am going to be leaning to. Which I'm a big BYU guy and a big Arkansas. Hater. BYU losing the uh, Notre Dame kind of state. BYU throw, losing the Notre Dame throws me off, but I think they. I think it's it's just more reason to bounce back. If anything, yeah, maybe Notre Dame is just finally figuring it out. Yeah, like a new coach. Maybe point. it took him a couple weeks to just get his feet wet. For sure. TCU is favored by three and a half over Oklahoma State. I don't really know 
a ton about either one of these teams. Over-under is at 68, though. So, honestly, I might just take the over and just say it's at 68. Like, they're expecting a shootout. Yeah. Might as well just trust them. I'm with that. I like that. Van- Georgia's favored by 38 over Vandy. I think there's a good chance they still cover that. And the over-under is 58, so they're expecting this to be 48-10. I could very easily see that yeah. being the case. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. James Madison, keep riding the wave. Favored by 10.5 over Georgia Southern. Yep. Ride the wave. They are, you know, I, I said at the beginning of the year they dominated the FCS. Um, I took them over their wins, which was 7.5. They're, what, two games away from that? I think they get it in the Sun Belt. Um I don't know, man. I, I, they're good. I don't know what it is. I I haven't watched them. I'll be honest. I watched some of them against App State. Uh, I mean, they're just not really on. They're on like ESPN Plus. They're just not on TV. So it's tough ESPN to watch them. ESPN Ocho. Yeah, the Ocho. Uh, but people around here are buzzing, man. This, I mean, they're like two hours away, and it's a buzz. I mean, they're the team of Virginia right now. It's kind of cool, honestly. Like you see James Madison flags flying everywhere now. What would you? We'll play a game of guess the line. USC at Utah. What do you think the line is? Oof. Yeah, I think with USC being good now, uh, I think it's inflated towards USC, probably like four or five and a half. It's Utah minus three and a half. Whoa. So, which I'm really? telling you, regardless. And I think the public yeah, will that, probably vote it down too. Yeah, for Maybe sure. I'm going to wait. I, I'm waiting until game time for that one. Because, I mean, you know how it's like, I mean, you know how USC is. People love when USC is good. Same thing with UCLA and Texas, you know. I just don't know. It's just hard to like. The Pac-12 is just so balanced, I feel like. You know what I mean? Like UCLA, USC, Utah, Oregon, I feel like they're all kind of the same. So I think I'm going to wait till like right before game time and get like the truest line, you know, and and bet. I mean, I'll, I'll probably take Utah. I, I think it's a perfect spot for them, especially at home. Uh, this Here's a sus line. Clemson by four over Florida State. That is sus. Number four, Clemson. Only favored by four over Florida State. Where's it at? Um, I think it's at Florida State. Where's the LSU Florida game at? Florida Is State at, at Florida. It's yeah. at Florida. Yeah. So then it'll be at Florida State. I'm trying to figure out which is home and away on this app. Oh, hold on. I got you. I'll look it up. Florida's favored by two and a half over LSU. Yeah, it's at Florida State, and then LSU's at Florida. Dude, okay, so for well, Florida State, Clemson. Is, see, like, this is where Vegas, like, plays mind games with me because, like, usually, or I guess towards the beginning of the year, you have to shift because, like, these are conference games now, so it's different. But, like, you know, if if Clemson, well, no, I'm getting it confused. We were calling at the beginning of the year ranked teams going to unranked teams, and the unranked home team is favored. 
So this is very, yes. this is extra sus. Four points yeah. at Florida State. This is like Vegas is telling you to take Clemson, obviously, like by a touchdown. Like you're like, okay, we need to project this a touchdown. But this might be one I let the public bet up and then take Florida State at six and a half. Like th- this one might get, this one might get kind of weird because Florida State's going to pack that yeah. out. Um, now we can so we go ahead and move over to some baseball since that's the big thing going on. You know, the Mets just lost. So yep. I really hate the Mets. I hate them. Just keeping it a buck with you. I think outside of the AL East teams, my least next least favorite team is the Mets. They think – I remember when they get DeGrom and Scherzer and it's like Garrett Cole is now the third best pitcher in New York. And Pete Alonso is better than Aaron Judge. Yep. And none of this is true. Like, if you're going to come, come with facts. Yep. The fact is, Garrett Cole's a better pitcher than Max Scherzer. In the playoffs, Max Scherzer has like a four and a half ERA. It's terrible. He's like, historically awful. Awful. Garrett Cole's finished in the Cy Young for the last five years in the top five Cy Young voting. He's got a 2.3 or a 2.5 ERA in the playoffs. Like the Garrett Cole slander is one of my biggest pet peeves about in sports. Yeah, I mean he's a he's a but, true ace. Garrett Cole is a true ace. Max Scherzer is not an ace on his own team. Like, and you're gonna sit here and tell me I, that Max Scherzer is better? Get out of here! He's just a weirdo. Also, before this series, the Mets said they're not gonna throw Jacob Degrom unless they have to. So they were planning on resting him for this, and then they end up having to throw him game two, which was the only game they won. And they get shut down six to six to nothing, only getting one hit in game three. So, dude, the Braves better hand Jacob Degrom the bag. They better not let him go anywhere else. I mean, there's one, there's two teams right now that are handing out bags. It's the Dodgers and the Mets. He's got to give. He's gonna end up at one of those places. I don't think. I think at this point, Degrom has enough money. Like he wants to win. I mean, because what is his career if he doesn't win? Now he can't go to it. I mean, I could see the Dodgers, of course, but he can't go back to the Mets. It's yeah. over with the Mets. They've had their chance. Like he's gonna go. I. He said that he wants to go to the Braves. I've only heard that once, and then I've heard Twitter ever since then. Like take and run. Like take it off. Take off and run with it. So I hope that happens. I don't. I'm not gonna like overhype it up. But anyways, um, the Guardians and Tampa, like, what an all-out war for a sweep. I mean, really, that was incredible. 15 innings for the game two. I mean, if Tampa wins that, they're done. I mean, there's no way like they can come back and win another game. So I. I mean, this just plays out perfect for the Yankees uh, to make it to the ALCS if they could just take care of business. Yeah, I was licking my lips when I checked, and it was in the 13th inning, and both offenses had combined for seven hits and zero runs. And I'm thinking, I get Garrett Cole, Nestor Cortez, and Severino against these guys for three games, and they can't hit anybody on their own staffs? Like, sign me up. Yeah, and... BB sends me a thing on Facebook about 
Araldis is already at home. Like he's never, he's not even planning to come back. Like good, stay away. Like that's fine. That that doesn't affect the Yankees at all. Really, uh, they have the dudes in the bullpen to do it without him. Uh, to be honest, I mean he's blown so many. I think he's blown every playoff, not performance, but every like just into you know playoff. He even tried to blow it for the Cubs, and they were just too good to to let it happen to him. So, um, like, please stay at home for for us, yeah. you know, Yankees fans. I think the writing was on the wall for Chapman that, you know, coming back, coming in this year, they were looking for a new closer. Yeah. And I think when he saw he wasn't going to be the closer, he's supposed to have a workout on Friday, and he doesn't show up. So, basically, Boone just left him off the playoff roster and was like, go on head of the house like we're not going to re-sign you anyways so go ahead and just go on we'll finish this run without you and which is huge to pick up guys like Efros and you know guys like that to replace him and be good to go for the playoffs yep well I'm like you I've seen he's so memeable whenever he gives up the you know blows a lead that I can't handle it anymore and like I get it he's been known as the best closer in the league for however many years but like at some point when you get to the playoffs and you're in these positions in these game sixes game sevens you have to be the best closer in the league in those situations like how many times has it happened where he gives up this lead he blows the save and like i don't care that you know i don't care that the astros had buzzers or whatever like they still did it still happened like it was on brand for araldis for that to happen because of what happened in with the Cubs and then even before then with the Reds, like it, it, there's no way it happens this many times. And it's just like, Oh, well there, I mean, he's just the best. He's always in these situations. Like, no, at some point he's the best and he dominates these situations. So I'm fine with him being left off. Yeah. It's, I feel like too, right now, like, I don't know if there's anybody I don't know if there's a closer in baseball right now that I would say I trust. No. Like, bases loaded, nobody out that you can throw out there, and he still wins. No. Like, going, growing up have, watching Mariano Rivera pitch every playoff series, it was like, it's over. As soon as he comes out of the pen, you're done. Yep. And I don't know if there's a guy like that right now in the MLB. There's really not. Um, I, don't, I don't know stats um, for relievers off the top of my head. If there's one dude that I can think of, just because I've seen him throw, is Rasiel Iglesias. He's not even our closer, but he's like our eighth inning guy, and he's like locked down right now. He's just like flaming hot. That's probably the one dude that I can think of. Um, I mean, Josh Hader is always tough to hit. I think in a playoff season or playoff scenario, he probably turns it on just against lefties, you know. But I think if you had to throw anybody out there, it's probably it's probably Iglesias. Um, that's really, I mean, that's really it right now. I mean, he's just been like cold. Like, I mean, not cold, like cold as in good. Like, he's not letting anybody score. So, I, I, it's just crazy how kind of like the bullpen. It's more of like a collective with bullpens now. But whereas like ten yep. years ago, it was like you needed like two dudes and you could dominate a playoff. Yeah, Josh Hader has one inning pitch right now. Give up, no hits, no walks, one strikeout. So. That's pretty good. I mean, he's been terrible this season, but I it's just like with these guys, you just have to think that 
a lot of these dudes are good enough that in a playoff scenario, they can dig deep and like turn it on. You know what I mean? Like there's, I just can't count anybody, anybody out in the playoffs, uh, especially pitchers because pitchers are just a different breed of, of human. I think they're all aliens personally. Uh, they're not from earth where they're not from the same planet that hitters are from. Maybe the hitters are from, you know, from a different planet, but, um, I just don't. They're just they're just different. So I, I I will never count out a pitcher in the playoffs. The other side of the of the American League, the Mariners beat the Blue Jays. Uh, game one, they won pretty easily. They jumped on them pretty quick. And then game two, they came back from a seven run deficit down eight one. Ended up coming back to win. And we talked about them like that's a scary team. Like I don't know how confident Astros can be right now with that lineup coming to town yeah no way i mean they just have the the pitchers for the astros just have to not let them get anything really i mean that's really the only way or just hit with them that's going to be tough to do and they've got a little like swagger to them like yeah i love jesse winker he's one of the like he's a dog he's one of those dudes that he's looking to pick a fight in every city he's in he like carries that chip on his shoulder And then I don't know if you saw this with George Springer, but they hit they hit somebody on the Mariners team. It might have been Rodriguez. Yeah, they, it was Rodriguez. And then Castillo hit him right here. Castillo ends up hitting uh, Springer, and when the catcher comes out to talk to him, the catcher goes, "Good job." Good job. And the, the trainers come out and they're looking like Springer's rolling around on the ground, and the catcher comes out and just tells the pitcher, "Hey, good job." And then Castillo, you can read his lips too, and he says, "I just did what I had to do." So it's like these guys got each other's back, and that is a scary thing to go against. Yeah, they have like I guess the playoffs. And yeah, just putting a dude on because you hit it hit one of his guys. Right, and I mean they they have like this like like college kind of like you know just vibe about like they're just like a brotherhood kind of kind of thing going on. Like they're just you know they're all about each other, all about team kind of deal. Where like when you get into a playoff scenario like this, that's not what you want to see on the other side. You do not want to see a team that is willing to fight or like throw at people because you threw at their guy. Like that's not what you want to see on the other side. Because I mean, they will they will bury you in a heartbeat if you let them. So, I mean, that I thought that was really cool, especially for Castillo, who's a new guy. I mean, they traded for him mid year. Um, I thought that was really cool personally. I mean, you you can't let a first inning like the Blue Jays are are probably trying to set like a precedent there even if it was an accident like it was you know accident even if it was like they still hit your best player you can't let them get away with that no way no way you let them get away with that so you hit their leadoff guy who was their best postseason player and send a message like no shot I thought I thought I'm fine with it I'm fine with with running up and in like you know, George Springer probably could have got out of the way. It got him. Good. I'm glad. Yeah. And then they sweep him. So, of course, I'll be rooting for them over the Astros. Yeah. I hope Bregman uh, go goes off. The, but other than that, I hope I hope uh, the Mariners blow him out. Going to the NL, the Phillies beat the – sweep the Cardinals. The Cardinals offense just didn't show up. I guess – kind of tough to, to see you know when you think about it too the Phillies are almost 
like last year kind of what the Mariners were like where they added a bunch of pieces like Bryce Harper who's a dude and uh, Castellanos who is that's another CMB Sports Show guy. Yeah, for Castellanos. sure. We've been huge on him forever. He just he does it's nothing like but hits doubles. Twenty fourteen. I mean, we've been like just on it, like on his back. Like, dude, you're incredible. I just like yeah, he's the swing. worst defensive player terrible. in baseball. Terrible. Like that outfield having Schwarber and Castellanos on the edges is gosh awful. Terrible. But both of those dudes just rake. Abdul Herrera in the center field. I guess I don't even know who plays center for center field for him. Like that's awful. It's a terrible outfield. But hey, they rake. Come to think about it, that might be the worst defense in the history of baseball. Because then you have Gene Segura, uh, Alec Bohm, who was so bad at one point that the whole stands were booing him. I think he had four errors in one game. Yeah, and he four. looked looked at the pitcher and he said, I effing hate this place. And they're playing at home. In his, they're at in his home. home stadium. So funny. But they they get to square off against your beloved Braves. Are you nervous at all? We have hit good in their park uh, for the past three years. Uh, Dansby specifically hits good there. So I know when Dansby rolls, the whole team rolls. Um, nervous isn't the word. I don't know what the word is. I just want us to come out and take care of business the way we can. If we can, if if our pitchers pitch, and we play good defense, and we play baseball offensively, like you know, get runners in at all costs, like things we, that we've been doing, we 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 get on base, we get runners over, we can steal bases. If we do those things well, we'll be fine. And they have they have a good kid. They have JT Romuto, who you know is hard to steal on, but. You know, we have some of the better young talent in the league. So if we can kind of get it going, like don't stall out early, I think we'll be fine. If we stall out early and we lose game one and game two or something, like they steal one from us at home, I'd watch out. Because, I'm, I'm, you know, then anything's happened, you know, anything's possible, you go back to Philly. Um, they haven't been in the playoffs for a while, so they're going to be rocking. So, and the Eagles are good. I, I mean, I know this is weird, but like, being up, dude, being up here, like, these cities are, like, crazy. You know, when, when stuff's rolling for one sport, it kind of carries over. So, Eagles are good. Fans are going to be, like, jacked up. Vibes are up in the city. Like, they're going to be all out for, for the Phillies in the playoffs. So, if they steal one from the Braves early, I'd watch out. I really would. Yeah, plus, you know, they've – I guess the series goes 2-2 two, two, then 1, if I had to guess. I think so. On the way home. I think so. So, you – you get Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler probably first two games if they're you know back rested. Yep, those are two dudes. Yeah, they're good. They're good. Then uh, Brandon Marsh is who plays center for the Phillies. From the he was a big Angels prospect a couple years ago. He's yeah. pretty young, big bearded guy. Um, let's see, that's a tough one and though. The rest of it, just because like Atlanta's pitching is still kind of a question mark like i still have not bought in on kyle Wright. i know he was like the wins leader of the year but it's like how well do you trust him you know what i mean but like you know i I think our bullpen's good and i think like spencer strider um sorry it's tough to say but yeah i think he's good in the back end too if you kind of can keep him till game three 
don't know how they'll navigate that, but should be fine. Yeah, and then the last matchup is the Dodgers play in the Padres, who just took two away from the Mets. Um, you know, we talked about how good and talented their team is, and it just hadn't clicked yet. Yep. And now they're, you know, kind of getting carried. Like, you get you Darvish and um, Joe Musgrove, and I don't remember who pitched game two. But those are two dudes with some playoff experience that, you know, they're going to be tough to score on, as we saw that. Yeah. The Mets offense, who was, I think they were the best offense in baseball this year, and then they just struggled against both of those guys. Yeah, Musgrove. Was it was it Clevenger game two? I don't know if I caught game two because it was Saturday. No, I think Clevenger's out for the year. I think. Oh really? Was, I think he got hurt earlier this year and went out for the whole year. No, he could be wrong, he came but. back towards the end. I just don't know. He wasn't good when he came back. I don't know what his role is though in the postseason. I'm about to look it up for us. You can go ahead. Go ahead with the. Uh, Matchup. Yeah, Mus Musgrove. Oh, Blake Snell. Oh yeah, um, Musgrove. Today with. I get what the Mets were trying to do. It's a sixth inning. Musgrove's throwing fifty nine pitches, and you have put you've got one hit so far. Buck Showalter, being the OG gangster manager that he is, comes out and says, "Hey, I think that guy's cheating. Go check him." Musgrove is standing there like, you can check whatever you want. I'm good. I know I'm not cheating. He ends up striking out the second batter of the inning, and he goes to the dugout, the old smell you later. And, uh, I mean, just one of the most savage things that you can do. Like, when you turn and you look at the manager and you're like, you have ended this game for your team. Like, I was already rolling. Now it's about to get even worse because you just, you triggered that inner demon in me that, I haven't even let out yet. Yep. And just went. I mean, that's so cool. Yeah, that that's like an alpha. That's like alpha move, you know. And he kind of Musgrove was kind of that guy. I mean, like he, you know, came from the Astros. Who, I mean, he was tough to beat there. And then he comes and he threw. I what he throw a no hitter or a per? I don't think he threw a perfect game. Was it last year or two years ago? I think it was a no hitter. I have. Um, no, it could have been a perfect game. No, nah, we would remember that. But I think it was a no hitter, yeah. and you know, dominated. I mean, he's a dominating guy. Like he could, he could, he has potential to dominate you at any given start. And you know, I don't. If you have reason to believe that Musgrove is cheating, or maybe he even used to use Spider Tack, and you think he's getting away with it now, or something. Okay, like I, I get where you're coming from. You know, Buckshire Walter, like your back's against the wall. Against the wall, you know, you're looking at a loss here. You want to maybe catch him and catch them off guard, the Padres off guard. But at the same time, I mean, like, just, I don't know, man. Just tell your dudes to like, let's get it, like, let's go. You know, I don't know, like, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't look towards the other team. Like you, I would still look at it as a manager. Like we're playing a faceless opponent. Like let's do what we need to do to get on base. Like let's, like you can always kind of dig a little deeper. Like that's what the playoffs is all about. So I, I don't know. I don't know if I'd really go at the other team there if, if that's me. If I'm Buckshire Walter, but I mean I kind of get it at the same time. Yeah, I think it was just a sack move, just trying to get in Musgrove's head and just kind of throw him off. Especially, you know, Musgrove being the uh, 
you know, coming from the Astros who were cheating at the time. Yeah. To, you know, just kind of try to throw him off. Yeah. And I like Musgrove. He's he's been one of the open ones about the whole cheating scandal yeah. and just That's what I was about basically to say. been like, like he doesn't even like looking at his ring or anything like that he's like i don't feel like we really earned this and so he's he's on a mission trying to get a real one isn't that crazy he 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 legit is like i don't like yeah i have it you know but like i don't own it you know like that's crazy i mean that's just honestly i mean that's it's cool for him kind of as a sportsman like you know he knows like yeah you know maybe he was pure with the way he did things but like he knew his team wasn't so He's not going to kind of count it. I, I mean, I think that's cool. I think that's as a sportsman, sportsman kind of sportsmanship kind of deal. So I, I think that's cool. Yeah, it makes you really cool wonder, like, who knew what during that time, you know, because I do feel like there's probably a lot of guys that were in the dark about it. Or either that or, yeah. you know, maybe the whole team knew about it and they just stayed hush-hush because they were winning. Yeah, I mean – I'll be I'll be honest with you, man. Like I I really don't, um, you know. Once you get caught, I think you have to kind of admit it. And I I want to say that's how I would go about it. But if like my manager was like, "Hey, man, we got this thing. Like, you know, we we have a way to pick pitches. Like, you know, just kind of pay attention." I'll be honest. Like the competitor in me, I would take advantage of. I would take advantage of any kind of advantage I can gain. So like, I don't blame them. I blame them. I I don't like how they handled it afterwards. Like, if you get caught cheating, own up to it. Just say, like, yeah, you know what? I got caught cheating. I'm a competitor. I wanted to bury you in the dirt. And I did, but I did it by cheating. You got me. Like, I don't know. I don't, yeah. I don't think – I think it would be fine if you came out and did that. Like, yeah, you're hated, but, like, it's better than lying. It's, you know, you've already lied to us by winning – and cheating so like don't lie to us again you know what i mean like we all know you're lying so i don't blame them for doing it i blame them for how they acted uh afterwards so i I appreciate joe musgrove for kind of acting this way afterwards i think it kind of makes him a better guy yeah i agree especially you know you get if you're a pitcher in that situation you know you get thrown into it and they're like hey this is kind of the way we do things here you're I mean, you can't be the guy that says, this isn't right. Right. Like, you just got to kind of just ride the wave and just be like, hey, yeah, my offense is helping me. I know they're cheating, but still, if we're winning, then who cares? Right. And then once you get caught, you know, just be like, hey, it is what it is. We were trying to win and get an advantage. Like you said, don't be like, um, my wife told me I can't take my shirt off because yeah. I had a bad tattoo on and my wife's modest and all the BS that the yeah. fake garbage jose altuve said facts facts that's why i'd love to fight that guy you like bregman i've never heard bregman defend it or anything like he just is always kind of like i mean what do you want me to say that's why i will never blame bregman for anything he was a rookie then or he was young might have been his second year so like i have no fun i have no problem with him and um but like altuve like and jj reddick i'm kind of just like uh I mean, they kind of didn't really go about it the the most ethical way afterwards. So they kind of just yeah. lied to us all. So I'm not really with that. Correa too. Yeah, Correa was probably probably the worst. Honestly, I mean, kind of like was like making fun of us for 
believe in the accusations. We were like, what do you mean? Like, we can hear it. Like, there's proof. (laughs) He went and started an MMA podcast to keep people from trying to beat him up. Jerk. I was trying to find, um, if I could find, like, World Series futures, but I don't think they had those up just yet. Who's your favorite right now? If take out the Yankees, obviously, the Yankees Braves are the favorite. Um, take out the Yankees. Who's your favorite? It's got to be the Dodgers. I think so too. Don't you think? Dodgers are. If the Astros can get by the Mariners, they might be. They might be an actual. They might be real. Um, they're just so weird. Like they're just like such a weird team. Like their pitchers, I just don't feel like they have um, the uh, Valdez guy, the the guy that wears the flat bill. I mean, he's good, but like everybody else is just, I feel like it's hittable. It's like and like their offense isn't like just outstanding, you know. Like when you watch them, like they just get on base, you know, like they just do all all the little things right. I feel like so. It's just weird. You kind of have to get up on them. Kind of like the, I mean, the Braves really did it the right way last year. Like they just got up on them early and never really gave them any a chance to like take over. That's the only way to do it. And I think that's the way the Yankees could do it too. But it'll be interesting to see if the Mariners can do it because I feel like they have the roster too. But can it's like it's just doing it is the tough part. Like executing. Um, head to head, the Yankees were four and one against the Indians. The only game they lost, it was two to nothing. So, probably a rest day for the Yankees if they lost. They beat them six to one the day before. They beat them thirteen to four, and then six to one in a doubleheader. Then the next day, they lost two to nothing. So they had taken the series and probably rested. Yep. I like our chances. Yeah, for sure. Um, other than that, we beat them ten ten to two in March, which you know who really cares at this point what happened in March, and then five to four in March. So. Who knows? I like our chances a lot, though. I will say this. Yankees and the Indians or Guardians, whatever, Cleveland, like those stadiums for playoff baseball is great. I love... It's awesome. I love watching playoff games in Cleveland. I don't know if it's the fans, the field, the stadium looks really cool. I don't know what it is, but like it just looks awesome. I don't... And it honestly might be because they just somehow draw the noon game like every year for the playoffs they make it but it's so i don't know what it is man i just love it i love their stadium for playoff baseball it is so cool and then the yankee stadium is like is awesome because it's just rocking and everything's on top of the field like there's like no foul territory so it's cool too but um i think both of those are probably second and third behind the braves i mean the braves is the phillies is a good stadium too yeah, the Philly, and the Philly I mean, fans are wild. It's been a while. Yeah, they're they are wild. They're like riot. It's like a riot. When like I when I think of the Phillies, I think of like Roy Holiday and and uh, uh Ryan Howard. Uh Ryan Howard and Jimmy like, Rollins. Jimmy Rollins, yes, dude. And I think about those those white towels they had just going bananas. Like that was that's what I think about and I mean, it's just been so long since they've had big games like this, so that'll be cool seeing it in their stadium. Um, that, maybe we can uh, get that the, scumbag the, Chase Utley. Oh, dirtbag, dude. Just trying to take people's, like, in people's careers for no reason kind of guy. Um, but 
I'm excited, it's man. Dude, October is futures. is the best is the best month of the year. Uh, hockey season starts October 11th, two days or one day from when this airs. Uh, that's why I have all my Capitals gear on. Big Capitals fan. Uh, Tom Wilson's the goat. Ovi's the goat. So, um, Ovi maybe. I mean, just October, man. It's just it's just. It's just a cool month. Halloween's a cool a cool holiday. Um, you know, it's just, it's just like the best time of the year. I don't, I don't know division Go get- division games, conference games. You know, NFL, college football, hockey, playoff games. I don't. It's just great. Go get your uh, pumpkin spice cold brew, boys. That's right. Treat yourself. Don't treat yourself. Don't let the women hog all the pumpkin like. This is our only month we get it. Maybe two months. I don't know how far into November they go, but Treat if you want to dabble bro. into some pumpkin, go ahead. Don't don't be scared, man. Go go for it. Go for it. Just I know I used to be there. I used to be scared driving up to the Starbucks. You know, I'd ask for just a you know black coffee, like whatever. Like I used, to, I'm there. I've been there. Go for it. Get that pump pumpkin cream cold brew. Trust me. Trust me. It's good, and it's not. It's not anything to be embarrassed about. It's flavor is what it is. It's just good stuff. Yeah, say it with your chest. That's right. Don't be scared. But that's it. Uh, enjoy the games. You know, big weekend. I'm sure we'll have another episode, maybe two, before Saturday's games. But maybe, And we'll dive into some more stuff. But hopefully we got you caught up enough and everything going on this mad chaos hopefully we simplified it a little bit for you oh yeah let's uh let's have a good week gentlemen um and ladies of course man let's let's just let's just enjoy these playoffs these baseball playoffs they start tuesday man it's gonna be great